You're listening to Paddle Up, Little Adventures with Lisa and Craig. We're a married couple that believe in the power of experiences, because experiences are what lead to an impactful life. Now, let's Let's brace brace for for impact. impact. Welcome back to Paddle Up, Little Adventures with Lisa and Craig. We are on episode nine, and we've titled this episode, Victory in the Journey. Craig, can you tell me a little bit about why we titled it Victory? Well, I think we'll get into that a little bit more here um, in the episode, but it kind of has a double meaning. I, I think, I think so, yeah. Um, we can start out with the, I guess, the more literal reason. Um, so, very recently, um, it was the beginning of September sometime, uh, as long as we've been lamenting here just in the house about lack of places to play pickleball, particularly in the winter. We live in Wisconsin and, and come October, November, the outdoor options really start to dwindle fast. And uh, locally to us, speci- specifically where we live, it's been hard to find good indoor places to play, but then also just the play itself, programming and different open play options or different events, that kind of thing. And again, very recently in September, there has been a new facility that has opened up not far from us, about 35-minute drive from our front door, and it's called uh, Victory Pickleball. And so, uh, part of the reason for the title and part of what we're going to talk about today is our experience with Victory so far. Uh, spoiler alert, we've become members and played in a tournament already, so we'll get to that details of that. But uh, yeah, we just want to hit on that a little bit because it's a really fantastic place and it's a, I think, a great example of Pickleball, I think, really catching up now to the demand. The last the last couple of winters have been rough, at least around if you're in the Midwest. It is very few hot spots where people had good options for indoor play that were reasonable in price and had good, um, again, play options in terms of uh, pro- pickleball programming and events and just number of players, community type of level. And not just us, but I think a lot of towns across the country are getting that now because either public uh, uh, entities or private organizations have realized the benefit both to the community, but also if you're a private, obviously there's a business value there too in offering a, a facility and, and programming like this. So in regards to Victory here where we live locally, um, it's great. It's been 50, what 15 courts, indoor courts, permanent yeah, pickleball it's a f- facility. 15 indoor pickleball facility. Um and then with that, they've got a full bar and restaurants. Um, they have some ancillary games like uh, bags or cornhole and, and then and ping uh, pong. some high-level ping pong equipment there. But pickleball is by far, in a way, their, their focus, not just in the facility, but with the programming as well. They're doing a really good job with building out all kinds of different programming options um, for, and I'll say, quote-unquote, members. There's a couple different levels of membership. We've bought the, you call it the Premier, they call it the Gold Membership. Um, that really just gives you a some price discounts and e- earlier availability to those events, but they're really doing a great job of curating different levels of play and giving each level different options in terms of event type, anything from open play to leagues to duper nights or duper, duper play where they also it's rec games, but the scores get recorded in the duper to uh, king of the court or ladder climber type of events. And then they've also held a couple, couple of tournaments already yeah, since we- they've opened in September. One of which we took part in, right? Yeah, they had their inaugural pickleball tournament the weekend of September 22nd, which I think overall for their first pickleball tournament um, went quite well, in in our opinion, as a player. Don't you think so, Craig? Um, the tournament overall went 
pretty well, yep. Usually that's a really difficult thing just to hold the tournament, especially if it's your first one. And I was uh, I was pretty impressed with how the staff handled the logistics and the and the play and just just the overall management of the event there. Yes, I think sometimes you always have those lessons learned, and I'm sure their staff had those and probably did a debrief and how to make further and upcoming tournaments even better. But again, I think they did a fantastic job. You and I both participated on Saturday and Sunday. We actually invited our friends Brian and Kim from Marinette, right, down to play with us. Yes. Um, Brian and Kim are become friends from through playing against them. And um, over time, we actually said, hey, let's just play a tournament together. So this was that one tournament we thought we'd give it a shot. We played, so you and I played mixed doubles like we normally do on Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday. And then, uh, we played gender doubles, Brian and I on, on Saturday in men's, and then you and Kim on also on Saturday in yeah. women's. You played in the morning, I think, and Kim and I played in the afternoon. So really good competition. I was really impressed with the quality of pickleball players that registered for that tournament. Um, Kim and I, uh, I think took, we didn't medal, but we did really, really good. We had some really good battles. And how about you and Brian? What did you guys do? We actually got a bronze medal out of the, out of the, uh, out of the event. Um, it was quite the battle. It's always hard when you're playing with new partners because, because they're new partners. So you're playing against a lot of teams that of, of two, two people that play a lot of tournaments or play together so they can really know each other. And Brian and I really had never played together in a competitive environment. We've played together against you and Kim, you know, on the courts just prepping for this tournament a little bit. It was one day where they came down and we played a little bit with them. It was the night before, I think. It was Friday night. They came down Friday night and we and, played uh, outside. Yeah, and so it was part of the challenge there was just trying to get through getting to know each other as you're playing against really high-level plays. We, um, we only lost one match through the round robin, and then because of tiebreakers through that, several teams had one loss, and because of the tiebreaker system that they had in place, we ended up playing for the bronze medal. They didn't have a true playoff. The top two teams in each pool played for gold and silver, and then the second-place teams in each pool played for bronze, and that was Brian and I. We were second place in our pool, and we played the second-place team in the other pool, which we actually won. I can't remember the score exactly anymore, but it was like 15-9. We won fairly handily, but it was a really good moment because for not ever playing together, we, we actually pulled out of a, I pulled a medal uh, out of it, so it was a fun day. Yeah, it was fun to watch that last bronze. Um, we kind of saw it from afar, and you could tell it was a, a good battle, and I was really happy to see you and Brian on, on the podium, the medal podium, which at Pickleball, or Victory Pickleball, they literally have um, a metal stand that you almost have to get up on a ladder to ascend. It's it's quite massive, um, but impressive at the same time. So I was happy to see you up there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a cool moment for both of us, I think. Brian even posted something on Facebook later on, just basically, um, what's the word, savoring, savoring the day as well, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah. yeah, and they travel all over the state of Wisconsin and travel outside the state to play as many pickleball tournaments as they can, which was a great weekend with them. And that moved us into mixed doubles. Yeah. Sunday when we got on the court, we had 12 teams in our 4-0 plus division. So what they ended up doing was they split us into two pools, pool A and pool B. And when we looked at our bracket, the first person 
for the first team we faced off were our good friends, Heath and Jessica. Yeah, of course, right? I mean, we've had this before where we get into a tournament and we can be playing anybody in the entire world for our first match. And Murphy's Law. And for some reason, you and I have the the incredible luck of always playing somebody that is both a, a challenge to us. Sorry, let me rephrase that. We always have the incredible luck of playing somebody we've played before at least once, if yep. not multiple times. And B, is always an incredible challenge to us. We never get this kind of random team and or... I'll say easy team to kind of ease into the tournament with. And you and I don't... We don't start off our tournaments yeah. well anyways. We, we always of some kind. need to say, like, we need to play two or three games against other opponents before we even enter the tournament. So, yeah, over the course of our history of playing tournaments, we don't typically do that well in our first matchup. So to see... Heath and Jessica as our first team, um, we just shook our heads we and going, like, oh my gosh. On. And we love Heath and Jessica. Oh, if yeah, you're out there, people. love you, love you. But you are good, good competition. But out of the gate for well, Craig the and I, no, it's not who we wanted to see. So we started that match. And because there were 12 teams, that's why they split us up into two different pools to help the play and, and for time and efficiencies to make the day and the tournament um, go as smoothly as possible. Well, we won the first game against them 11-2. It was very handle handily. What, what's the word I'm looking for? We won handily. We won handily. It was, it was actually super smooth for our first game of a whole tournament. That's I was, the best we ever played. Period. I was totally surprised that we that it was that quote-unquote easy because they're a very difficult team um and so then we go into the next game because it was actually best two out of three since we were only playing five other teams and we were up seven four seven two seven four something like that yes and there was an instance craig and i stack and so i went to go to the left hand side to serve and Heath came up and asked if I was in the correct position and if I was the second server. After the point. We won the point. Yeah, so it was it was going to be 8-4. And um, there was some confusion, and I, I knew I was right because I always know what the score is and I always know what server it is. And he was a, a very nice about it. He was a gentleman. He said, I'm not trying to stop play just to stop momentum. He said, I really am confused. And lesson learned here for for Lisa, I was really proud of it because when instances like that have come up, I think we've talked about it in previous podcasts, I tend to lose my you-know-what because I'm in a rhythm, and I I didn't this time. Craig looked at Heath and said, okay, we'll replay the point, to be fair. I wasn't that happy about that decision but there's nothing at you know with a partner there's nothing you can do about that it's you can't sit and argue you know on the court about it um but it upset me and I know now looking back when that type of instance comes up again I just need to be more assertive and say no I know it's 842 and just go on and serve because we were the serving team yeah, it caused quite the rift. I'll say rift. That's yeah, rift isn't the right um, word. Disruption? Disruption is a good word. In, into us. 
and in our we're, game, we were rolling pretty good. We were up seven four in the game two of after we won game one very handily, and we were. I felt like we were on our way to a victory there. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to win this match or move on to the next round. And then suddenly that little hiccup. Well, say yeah, you know, little, but it was not so little. But at the same time, it should have been little thing. Just took us. I don't say it wanted to. It didn't create havoc because I didn't lose my you know what. I wasn't happy about it, but it. I, it just caused, like you said, I think a better word to describe it is it was just a disruption. So we served it back at 7-4. We lost that point. The serve went back to them. And then it was just a battle to the end because we actually lost that second game 12-10. No, that was the third. So We lost both games 12-10. 12-10, yeah. Lost second game 12-10. Then the third one was just really nip and tuck all the way. And we ended up losing it. 10 12 in the third yeah so overall but it was you know it was a great great battle in so much so the other teams were actually on their second and sometimes third game that game i looked down at my watch third match second third match um i looked down at my watch when we ended we played jessica and heath one hour and 24 minutes for one three game pickleball match so um but I thought even though we lost, Craig, and I, you can put your take on this or two cents in it, I really think even though we lost, it was quite the victory for us. Well, okay, so what do you mean by that? I guess I'm a little stuck what you mean by that. Well, I think, you know, we, we titled this Victory in the Journey. I think we create small victories throughout life, and we created a small victory in that particular match against Heath and Jessica. So, for example, like I have never dinked so well in my life. I think I was a dinking master. Yeah, your dinks were awesome. We were watching, sorry, we were playing and people were watching us. And just after you and had just these super long, grinded out dink rallies, there was just literally stand up applause around the court, up in the mezzanine area, people watching us. It was really cool to watch. Well, I know that we did a good job of dinking because my thighs hurt and burned after that because I was getting down so low. But um, so, I mean, there were little victories in that match. I mean, we grinded it out 12-10, 12-10 in the second and third games. That grinding is also, I'll call a small victory because we didn't let up. I mean, I think we lost that last game on a net roller the ball just it rolled over the net point, yeah. and Heath was like, I'm so sorry we won on that. And I'm like, you know, it is what it is. But again, it was such a good, good match. That will be one that I will remember for a very long time. I just think it, it was a victory even though we lost it. Yeah. So then we lost that one. So we started 0-1, but then we got going. We ended up winning several of the next round robin matches. We ended up playing again another team that has given us trouble in previous tournaments um and that we knew before and it was a mother son team named Bridget and Josiah and Bridget is like essentially a pro she's 50 plus she's sponsored by a paddle company etc and they've cleaned our clock fairly handily in previous tournaments so we walked into that one I don't see the chip on our shoulder, but really ready to battle because we were kind of rolling after we lost that first match, and we get we we were winning, 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 and we were ready, ready to fight in that match. And um, I guess to cut to the chase, we didn't win. <laughs> no, we did. but we had some really good battles. I had some really good hand battles 
with Bridget and I won a couple of them and I went toe to toe with her and I was like, oh my gosh, I just won that hand battle and she's a 5-0 plus on Duper. It was just, it was yeah, just really. Yeah, there were really... some really epic uh, uh, firefights in there and some really good points and it was, we played really well. I think we lost like 11-7, 11-7, something yeah, like that. But again, it was a small victory because based upon the first time we played them, I believe we played them down in Dixon in a tournament down there. Yeah. We, it looked so much better the second time around. We didn't let them intimidate us. It didn't let it bother us that they were probably in the wrong division. Um, we just went in there with a positive attitude and really, again, just put our heads together and said, we're going to play better. We're going to play smarter. And, and we executed that even though we lost. Well, and kudos to you as well because um... – that was a team. If you remember, a episode or two ago, that was the the somebody putting their phone on a tripod and recording the match episode. Where that was again, it. you had lost you had you had lost your bleep. you know what? Yep. And this is the same team. And again, they put some. I think this is a husband of them or whatever. Somebody, a family member, had put up a phone and started recording our match. And you you really did truly block that out. And it was just let's just play pickleball. And that's all it was. So again, it's a small victory in working on that mental part of any sport, making sure that you block that out and not al- allowing it to affect your play. That's what I'm proud of is all these small little victories yeah. that we had in that tournament. So um, so long story short, uh, in terms of hardware or medals, we did not medal. Um, again, it was two pools. And because we lost that very first match to against Heath and Heath Jessica, Jessica, down to tiebreakers, like Brian and I had gotten into the playoff or got to play for bronze because we had won the tiebreaker. Lisa and I lost the tiebreakers to Ethan and Jessica, and they got to go into the medal rounds, or Lisa and I did not. But overall, when all was said and done, yeah. we took fourth out of 12 teams yep. in a the fourth mixed out of doubles. Four, 12 teams? 12 teams, because okay. they put us all into right, two right. pools of six. Yeah. I don't think coming in fourth place out of 12 teams in that level of competition is that shabby. It it really was a, a win or a victory in our journey of playing together. Yeah, that was about the best we've played together, even though we have a medal. It was the best we've played in, a, in quite a long time, I think, just So you, you take that into perspective. No, we didn't come away with hardware, but it's not always about the hardware. To me, we won a gold medal in how we played with one another, our attitudes on the court, our abilities on the court, and our mental strength on the court. So to me, that's better than any metal or hardware I could ever come home with. Yeah. So it was it was a, it was a good weekend overall. Um, and I kind of already spilled the beans here, but in terms of victory, we've already become members. So there was a lot of back and forth between Lisa and I about the value of membership there because we struggle with finding good games, finding good play, but then also because there are more and more pickleball facilities popping up like i talked about earlier more opportunity there's more opportunity but then there's also more um not more there's more uh oh shoot i just said it again there's not more but there's a deeper thought that's required to kind of figure out what your plan as a player going forward is like do you commit as a member to one facility do you what i would call free agent it and just pay the day passes at multiple facilities based on you know, where the play is at, that kind of thing. So you and I went back and forth quite a bit. Um, at first, we weren't going to join Victory because, um, I don't know, just off on the surface, it didn't feel like it was a good value because it's a 35-minute drive and all that jazz. But 
But my husband, Craig, is a Mr. Excel spreadsheet guy. So what did he do? Uh, created a spreadsheet. With all of the different aspects, how much we would pay in tolls, how much the membership was, how many days a week we would have to play in order to break even, and then when would we break even in what month? Because we wouldn't obviously play as much down in an indoor facility during the summer months here. So we took that into account and factored that in, or I should say Craig factored that into the spreadsheet. And drum roll. Um, it really didn't make sense for us to not join. It was for anybody listening, and if you're within driving distance and you're curious about Victory, if you want the spreadsheet, you know who I am. Just reach out to me. I'm happy to share it with you. I shared it with several people already. But it allows you to plug in your own personal numbers. You can go by month and put in how many times you'd play, open play, league, duper nights, etc. You can even put in your your distance from your house to Victory, and then what the price of gas is. You know, it'll compute the, your gas. You know, your gas costs because in addition to just the membership and the play cost you also have to charge for or you have to account for travel costs meaning gas for your vehicle tolls because it's illinois so you have if you're incurring tolls i've got that in there so let let us know and be happy to share that with you you can put in your own numbers and decide for yourself if it's worth it or not yeah you did a great job i think that's what uh that tool that you created kind of put you over the edge and solidified the decision that we made to become members so thank you for doing that i think that really helped you I just wanted a good place to play, and, and I love the facility, so I took it at face value. You just needed a little bit more data, some data points to help move you towards membership. Yes. <laughs> so that's pickleball for us. Um, our trips, we fast forward and had a trip out to California for my work. Um, I work at a technical slash community college and had the opportunity to speak at a national CASE conference. CASE stands for Council for the Advancement and Support of Higher Education. And so you know what this is going to lead into. My session that I um, did a co-presentation with was what pickleball teaches us about major giving success. And so everybody... I think really had a wonderful time listening to what pickleball could teach about major gifts and fundraising. I mean, it was kind of very easy to um, make those analogies. I think one of my slides was play the long game. I think another slide was... Don't be a banger. It was be a dinker, don't be a banger. Um, I think another one was how you show up on the court matters. So again, talking about that mental game Um, and I did it kind of very creatively even though I shared with them a little bit about the history of pickleball and that it's a game to 11. I also told them about how you have to win by two so my strategies were up to 12 because I said sometimes you have to win 12-10 so I gave them an extra strategy for that 12 slide so it was really nice we had an opportunity you and Craig came along um, to go to Palm Springs with the help of some good drugs. <laughs> yeah, we found that Craig doesn't like to fly anymore. Just, just recently, he used to fly all the time for work, and just the last couple of years, man, it just it uh, it creates some real anxiety and stress. So, talking to my doctor, um, she gave me a prescription for oh god, what's it called? Adirax, I think. I'm just I'm saying throwing this out there in case anybody else wants to know about it. 
it just, just kind of it's a sedative yeah it helps it helps chill you out um and that it it helped it helped because once we arrived in the hotel i went and started unpacking and our hotel room was really nice it was like one of the first hotel rooms suites that I actually had, like it had like a walk-in closet. So I was like putting my clothes away because we were there for a week and I come back out. Yeah, those sedatives work good on you, Craig. You were snoring on the bed. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, sleep that off. Yeah, it was still in my system apparently. Yeah, so overall a good week. We really didn't want to come back when we left. I think the last two days we were there was 105 and 106 respectively. I think I shed a tear as we were boarding the plane back to Milwaukee. Yeah, but you, I think not just you. We got we we milked it pretty well. You got some really good pool time. I did. They had a great pool area. So um, after the conferences sessions were done, um, you know, it would still be you know four or five o'clock, and it was still 100 degrees out, and the sun was up. So. I would go down by the pool while you wrapped up work before we went to dinner. Yeah, and, and then we did find some good pickleball out there too. Um, oh yeah, that was your research while I was... I was doing some research on Facebook trying to find some local clubs out that way. We did find the uh, Coachella Valley Pickleball Club and they have what's called um, Pickleball uh, Fight Club on Wednesday on nights. On Wednesday nights. And it's at an outdoor set of courts out there. and It was, just, it was really beautiful because to your point, it was still... We got out there before dark, before the lights kicked on. There were lit courts. Oh, beautiful. So we got out there before dark, but it was still like 102 degrees. And so we met a couple early other early birds out there, and they kind of laughed at us because we explained that we were from Wisconsin. We're out here to play pickleball. And they said, really, it's not going to get busy here until after the lights come on because it's just too darn hot. No one comes out here until after dark because of the heat at that time of year, even in October. So that was really interesting because as we visit different parts of the country, you know, for us in Wisconsin to – go after work, you know, four thirty, five o'clock, even in the summer to play outdoors. That's nothing. You'll you'll go out and there'll be twenty, thirty people playing outdoors. Not so much in Palm Springs, California. It was like we only come out at night. And it was kind of this running joke. I'm like, oh, because we went out there, it was five o'clock. We're like, where is everybody? And they said, We don't play out here until the lights come on. Which I, th- I just kind of laughed at it because I was just so naive about the heat and um, how it affects people differently in, in their pickleball play, that it would would make them play different. Well, the amount of heat, too. Like, even one morning when I played, I found a park that the people supposedly play in the mornings, and I took a morning off from work and went out and played. And that heat is no joke because when I got there early, I was talking to people who were playing, and they said, yeah, by 10, 10, 30, everybody kind of leaves i'm like oh really gosh falls you know, back into the Wisconsin air conditioning play noon and uh uh nope by 10 10 15 that that sun was up and it was getting hot i mean like like drag you down kind of heat and craig already sweats a lot so when he came back he said i that's that shirt and shorts have retired to the laundry oh, man, basket I was, I was a bit of a mess yeah yeah so but overall, really good opportunities out there with that conference to not only represent um, the college that I am employed by, but also to get some really good pickleball play in and also some really good hiking. Yeah, we really enjoy our hiking and um, being out in the California desert area. You know, it's, it's not mountainous per se, but there's, there is some good geology to go check out. So just like literally within town, we did find a couple of did of cool uh, of cool trails to check out there too. Yeah, that one had a, a high elevation, and it literally took us up over 
the Palm Springs, La Quinta, Palm Desert. There's like four towns that come together that you can't really feel when you go from one town to another. But it overlooked that whole entire area. It felt like we were climb- we climbed a mountain right in town. I'm going to let you say the name of the trail because I can't say it without giggling. Oh, the Bump and Grind Trail? Yeah. That, that one that you did? <laughs> Where that came, name came from, I have no idea, but I applaud you, whoever named that trail. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very unique name. Because it literally had like city signage and everything there, the Bump and Grind Trail. I'm like, how did that get through any kind of city council approval? I have no idea, but it was... It was, it was cute. It was but, cute. But it was a four-miler, and it took an hour and a half, um, and it was strenuous. And you wouldn't think that with it being a... A trail that was just in town. I mean, it literally was behind the entrance was right behind a, a strip mall. I think three and a half miles total, but each way, like the way up, the first half was you climbed like 900 feet of elevation gain. Yeah. Then you went down 100 feet on the way down. So for that short of a trail, it was fairly intense. And it, it was just odd because like you said, it was right in town. You can literally see downtown retail shops and all that stuff as you're hiking. But at the same time, you're also literally going it felt like straight up and then you're coming straight back down again so not only did we laugh a little bit um with the name of the trail but then it got real serious because the next sign underneath the trailhead sign was oh and beware rattlesnakes yeah your favorite snakes i was like oh so yeah we had to look for rattlesnakes as we were on this trail too so that kind of made a, a more serious tone and Maybe me looking down more often than not at my feet. Yeah, but it was it was a really good. I mean, we got done. We were tired, and we had known we had hiked. I mean, I, like I just said, with the, between the distance and the elevation gain, we were we were kind of toast when we got done. Yeah, we always like national parks, and I actually didn't forget about our America the Beautiful pass that we had from our Montana trip. I made sure that got into my carry on, and we also then had the opportunity to go to Joshua Tree um, National Park. That was pretty cool. You love those Joshua trees, and we had never been there before, so that was about an hour and forty minutes away from Palm Springs. Well, the so we were south of Joshua Tree, so the southern tip of Joshua Tree is only like fifteen minutes from where we were literally sitting. But the entrance and the trails we wanted to go to, of course, was on the other side. So then we have to drive all the way around, which equates to about an hour and forty minutes of driving just to get to the entrance and the trails that we wanted to check out yes yeah there were great little areas not only did we see like joshua tree and then had to climb up some of these other rocks that actually got into like a slot canyon but we also there's this one area and craig maybe you can remember it too because it had a specific name and i can't remember it where only these certain cacti are in in the entire national park and i can't remember what the name of that was nope i'm staring at you here and i can't think of it either but it was beautiful because they look like fuzzy little cacti Mm -hmm. that were scattered all over and kind of like just dropped down right in this one specific area over thousands of acres google joshua tree national park and then within that google um cactus garden it'll come up yeah sorry we can't come up with the name here in the in the immediate but it literally told you not to touch the cacti. I don't know if it was like some type of physical reaction on I, your skin. I, I think it was the quills. Basically, if one got India, there were going to be 12, 12 there in India, and you'd just be getting in trouble really quick. Yeah, but it was beautiful. I would definitely um, make sure you make a stop at that particular marker if you're in Joshua Tree. I loved it. Yeah, and, and uh, so in addition to that, that area also has some good food. We always have to check out the different places to go eat. We like those little places that are just holes in the walls 
So we, we found a few holes in the walls, but also some really not so holes in the walls. The first one um, was one of our first nights. It was a pizza joint called... Uh, Bill's Pizza. Yeah, and our waiter was actually Ron from Wisconsin. Yeah, we started talking to him, and he's, he was from Madison, Wisconsin, which is like... He's like, where are you guys from? Because you could tell we weren't from around there. We apparently have a accent in Wisconsin. And he's like, I'm from Madison. I'm like, no way. So reminisced a little bit about Wisconsin and told him where we were from and um, awesome pizza. Um, some some of the best pizza I've ever eaten. So I would highly recommend Bill's Pizza in Palm Springs if you're if you're out that way. No, yeah, that was really good. And then actually we were just literally just driving. I can't remember where we were even going to, but we one of our I think it was me. I caught I caught my eye. I saw an ice cream place called Handles, which if you've listened to previous episodes, you might have heard from our trips out to St. George, Utah. There was a Handles ice cream out that way. Well, lo and behold, didn't realize this, but they have multiple locations in other states, including the desert of California. And here in the middle of nowhere, driving down this road, here's a Handles ice cream, which is one of our favorite places we've ever been to in our entire I think we kind of both did a little happy dance in our in our car seats as we were driving by going, oh my gosh, we're going to have to stop there. Yep. So we, we, we partook in yeah. our Handles ice cream, which is, again, just, again, Google Handles ice cream, H-A-N-D-E-L apostrophe S. It is some of the best ice cream we've ever had, and we're and we're talking about, we're from Wisconsin. This is Utah, California. It's the best ice cream we've ever had. Yeah, I I wish we could have stopped there another time. It was just the timing just didn't work out. But you know, in the heat, we we gobbled it up real fast because um, Handles is also known for um, not having any indoor seating. Um, it's all outdoor kind seating. Of walk up, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a walk up counter, and then they have wonderful benches that you can sit on, but. Um, no indoor facility. So with the heat, we had to eat the ice cream pretty darn fast for it not to be a pool of milk. And then another place, so after we did the bump and grind trail, yeah. it was after that we found a place called The View. It's actually a restaurant within the golf club, in one of the golf clubs in Indian Wells. And we, uh, we had heard good, really good reviews about it, and some other people were giving us word-of-mouth recommendations. We tried that. It's The, it's the View. It's V-U-E in Indian Wells. We stopped there and had dinner at sunset out on their kind of veranda uh, deck area. Yeah, they had a wonderful outdoor seating that we saw the golf course. It overlooked the golf course. We saw that for a little bit of our dinner because it was still light out, but we went to dinner at a time where it was going into the night. So we actually got to see both sides of it and they had beautiful lighting out there. You were hungry for a really monstrous hamburger. So you burger. It, I don't I don't know how you got your mouth around that. I really don't because you had everything on it. Bacon, egg. Onion rings. Yeah. Yeah. It, it Whatever was... I could think of, I said, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I kept saying things. I said, yep, throw it on there too. Why not? I had some wonderful... I had fish tacos, wasn't it? Fish tacos, yeah. I think. Yep. They were delicious. Um, even had a little adult beverage called the Little Birdie Putt. I can't even remember what it was, was like in it. All I remember, vodka thingy yeah, it was delicious. With, with fruit in it, and I had a whiskey sour. And I don't know. I, there's this thing that we've, I've not we, I've kind of gotten attached to, which we've discovered. I think where was that? Was that was in Chicago? No, it was when you took me to the speakeasy. Um, where was we, that? Oh my goodness! See, we do so many things. <laughs> it was in that hotel, and you had to go through that door. Yeah. yeah. 
the waitress opened up a door and it took us down the stairs and it literally was, if you wouldn't have known that door would open, it took us down into a speakeasy. We're blinking oh, here on live radio. We're looking radio. at each other going, I don't remember. <laughs> I can see the hotel. Yeah. Anyways. Anywho. The point is that... That's um, where you first... There's this thing that you put that people put in cocktails is literally egg white. It's like frothed raw egg white, and I'd never heard of it. So at the speakeasy, some time ago in a land we can't think of right now, they I'm thought a little about, upset that I can't remember that, Craig. They actually talked me into it, and I had it, and it was one of the greatest things I ever had. It was phenomenal. That that, that that little bit of thickener that the egg white brought was just great in a cocktail. So anyway, at The View, they had a whiskey sour, and they had egg white in it, and I just... I was, I almost jumped at him like, yes, please, I had that. And it was just really, really good, just the same as we had at that last mysterious place we can't think of right now. So overall, our our week in Palm Springs, California, um, was a very fun-filled, adventurous, and you know, professional, since I did a conference out there, wonderful week. I mean, we got some good pickleball in, some good food, good hiking. You can't really ask for much more for you and I. No, it was really good. Well, you know how our podcasts go. We've talked about pickleball and our adventures there. We've talked about our adventures in travels. And now we're going to talk about our adventures in our relationship. The fun stuff. Yay. So I guess the first thing I want to talk about is I was really proud of us because I'll I'll go back to that one slide that I incorporated into my um, what pickleball teaches us about major gift success titled how you show up on the court matters you and i have worked really hard to really place high value on walking onto that pickleball court in a positive light even when we're not necessarily in a good place in our relationship well, i think going back to that victory tournament we talked about playing as um jessica and heath and 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 beyond in that day on that day, as I remember, we weren't in the best spot. We were not in a good spot. And so that's kind of what had me trembling because we weren't in a good spot. We're playing against some really good challengers, Heath and Jessica. How is this going to go? And we, we did okay. Yeah, I think we just walked onto that court, knew what we needed to do. We needed to buckle down. We set it aside. Yep. We put it in its place like you always like to call it. So, again, another victory in the journey is that I think we are working on. We haven't perfected it by any means, but we saw some glimmers of hope. Maybe that's what I'll put, that we can actually physically and mentally compartmentalize and put our relationship as husband and wife on the side and play pickleball in in a better situation or in a better place. Yeah, and that said, there's always room for improvement. Yeah, because that doesn't always necessarily happen even now, but we're I think we're making small improvements, so I'm really proud of us for that. And then we had, a I think, part of the reason why we weren't in a good spot was, you know, we've talked about it in other podcasts where we both have some ghosts, and one of my ghosts is um, being left out of decisions. Um, and so, Craig, you want to talk a little bit about that? I'm not sure what to say. I'm looking at my notes here, and I guess I don't know how to how to launch into that. So let me jog your memory a little bit. Um, you had made some decisions about um, things you were going to do with your kiddos 
that I didn't necessarily um, have a say in. You didn't really communicate with me what your plans were, and I kind of found out after the fact. Does that ring a bell? A little. A little? <laughs> so as you've heard um, in previous episodes, we've decided we decided a long time ago to parent not separately like we're completely walled off but you know we we, it's our second marriage we each brought our own kiddos into the mix so we've agreed that each of us would parent our own children our own way with the general support of the other parent or other adult so lisa would parent her kids you know with my general support and vice versa but sometimes um the communication that happens in my instance specifically, because I have my kids here all the time, and we'll text via tech, we'll, well, sorry, we'll communicate via text or phone calls. And sometimes what we talk about, or I'll say agree upon, doesn't get translated within the house until the kids are here and that weekend comes upon us, my weekend comes upon us. And it's just a matter of being more better prepared, you and I, prior to the kiddos getting here and that's on me to to be better at um giving you a better heads up on what i'm thinking of doing with the kiddos what the kids want to do once they get here that kind of thing that sum it up yeah pretty much so because we want to know what how our weekend is because we're we're trying to put together a a family like you said with two different uh sets of kiddos and it's nice to be on the same page so yeah we both have to work on that let me talk about ghosts, and uh, you told me before you're one of your ghosts is you know just that feeling of being left out, just being left out of the loop. Well, being left out of decisions, um, because that that happened before in my previous marriage. So when I find out, you know, you've texted and made a decision about doing something on a weekend that I'm still here, it it's kind of difficult to not feel like that. So I know that's never your intention. Um, you always have good intentions. I just sometimes think. Um, things just are such a, a fast pace that sometimes things just get left behind. Like I said, not not intentionally. Yeah, so things to work on. There's always improvements to be made. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're getting there. Gosh knows I need to communicate better um, about a lot of things too. So it's not like you're not perfect. I, I'm trying to do a better job of communicating my feelings um, and emotions better and succinctly. Um, by using simple things like I statements instead of you statements, um, so I, we're all we're all working in a work in progress, and I know that's um, something that we we try to achieve on a daily basis. I don't think we've got that nailed down, or probably will ever nail it down, but we're we're making progress, and that's all anybody can ask for. Yeah, so improvements be made, but there's improvements that are being made too. I mean. As much as we struggle with that, like with the sep- with the disparate parenting thing and trying to blend that between the two of us, um, there are uh, you know victories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there me. are moments, <laughs> um, <laughs> winning moments, like um, this past weekend. There are victories in that too. In that, like, uh, yeah, to your point, last weekend um, here at the house, we so our kiddos are getting older. Um, we have a couple here. We have a couple of our kiddos that are, that are you know seventeen, eighteen. At, at that age, as I'm using air quotes here, um, and we had a lot of drama. And they're they're both boys too, so boys at that age, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. There was quite a bit of drama here that, in previous years, I was going to say would have, but actually has. Yeah, <laughs> caused has. rifts and um, 
bad feelings, isolation, hurt feelings. bad feelings, and hurt feelings between the two two of us, you and I. Yeah. And I think we did really good this weekend because again, there were between your I'll say your kiddo kiddos versus and my kiddo kiddos to me. As much as as much of a drama as there was from child to parent, for each of us, we didn't let that cross over between in, you and I. In our I think you and I stood very solid, and uh, we like to use the words back to back. Like our backs were against each other; we weren't facing each other with our swords out. We yeah, were, we were back to back with our swords out, like, facing the world and correct. Getting, yeah, it was. It just has a lot to do with. Parenting teenagers who really want to spread their wings and be a quote-unquote adult and, and the and pressures that go with that with parenting and, and letting go but also having rules. Um, it just um, created, like you said, it, a lot of uh, disruption, a lot of chaos, a lot of drama well, on it, both of our sides. It, it could have created a lot more between you and I, or it could have created some between you and I, but it didn't. We, no, didn't, we and, didn't allow it to. And I, I think that is... I wouldn't say a small victory for us. I thought that was huge um, because that, like you said, in the past has created some tension between us and in our relationship. We've lost weeks, days, if not weeks because of it sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so yay for us. Well, when you talk about the, the title of this episode, Victory in the Journey, I mean, that's that's the, like the broadest brush I think you and I can paint for ourselves Yeah. as far as victory in the journey. I mean, we're on this journey and... That was a huge victory in and of itself. Take away travel, take away pickleball, just you and I. And you know, parenting our kids and just being being a couple, being being a being uh, solid as a couple. I mean, yeah. I remember talking about that on Sunday night when everybody had kind of gone back to their own households. I I said to you on the couch, I said, I'm I'm really, really proud of us. Like that would have torn us apart a year that could ago, have been two days years ago, lost if not weeks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because we would have been mad at each other and we wouldn't have communicated and everything else that goes along when you're not really happy with your partner. And I just really wanted to verbally state that to you that I was proud of us, that that turned out in a much better place. So. Yeah, no, thank you as well. Yeah, yeah. We did, I think we did good. A little pass on the back for each of us. I know. We're talking a little bit longer about this because I think we just want to pat ourselves on the back yeah. one more time because we want to make sure that if it happens again, we replicate um, our quote-unquote backs backs to the, backs to to the each other. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, enough patting of the backs for now. Yeah. <laughs> good job. So what's on deck? Well, um, kind of going through that same... Cycle of topics. Let's start with pickleball. We, you and I, do have a an indoor pickleball tournament coming up in this uh, end of November, into December, for or I'm sorry, not for, but in the Chicagoland area. It's the APP, the indoor one, championships. One of the two pro tours. Yeah, they're doing their season finale indoor championships, as they call it, in a suburb of Chicago at a big uh, indoor facility there. So we're going to give that a whirl. Both in mixed. Yeah. But then you're also playing in women's? Yes, I'm playing in women's with, again, somebody that became a good friend of mine by playing in another Chicago suburb area pickleball tournament two years ago. Her name is Michelle. Um, she reached out to me and asked if I wanted to play because it's in her neck of the woods. And I went, oh my goodness, I, I played with her in one other tournament um, after I got introduced to her. 
and we won gold. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm expecting us to win gold in women's doubles um, in indoor championship arena and all that pressure that goes with that. But I'm really excited to play with her again. Um, she is such a positive force um, and just a good person overall. So I'm really happy that she reached out and asked for me to play in women's doubles. And then, of course, you and I are going to play in mixed doubles. And then what about men's doubles, honey? Well, I dilly-dallied a little too long, which is my usual MO. And, of course, the men's, both 4-0 and 4-5, which 4-5 was what I wanted to play, but both of those filled up. So I did sign up for a waiting list, and I threw it out there as a single player saying looking for a partner on their platform. And someone did reach out to me, so we are signed up. A person I've never met before. Frank, thank you for, for taking a chance on me, sight unseen. But we're still sitting on the waiting list. So him and I are trying to find a place and time to maybe get together and play a little bit um, and get to know each other by face. That <laughs> would be helpful for you step like out on the pickleball yeah. court for the very first time. And that's all presuming we get a spot. Right now, it's again, it's full. We're waiting on the waiting list. We'll see what happens there. Either way, if, if I don't play, I'll be there to support you on the women's side of things too. Yeah, it'll be a good weekend. And then for trip-wise, travel-wise, yeah, we have a small getaway weekend in the middle of December before the holidays get too busy with our friends Chris and John, who you heard in previous podcasts. We went on our two-week Montana trip to mm-hmm. Glacier National Park with. We're going to go up and spend a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in a Wisconsin Dells in, in a cabin, in a condo type thing. Yeah. yeah. So that'll so, be fun. Um this next couple of months, I think it's going to go fast between like November is going to fly. Like we're already um, three weeks away from the indoor tournament we just talked about. And then December, I think for most people, it actually goes really quick between the end of year stuff with family and work stuff. And then we get this trip coming up and it'll, we're going to blink twice and it's going to be the new year. And yeah. then we'll see what comes. I can't with even that. believe we're going to be in 2024. Right. It's mind boggling. It just seems like we turn the calendar and it's going to be the holidays before you know it. And then. What else do we have on store? In 24? Yeah. Anything? Uh, oh, you caught me. I didn't really, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm blanking. Well, what do we always do in February? Oh, just our, kind of our quote-unquote big vacation for the year. We try to take our big, I say big, but our most exotic vacation, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, we booked that just recently. Are we going to do a teaser? Or are we going to... Let them wonder where we're where where our flights off to. Let's do a teaser for now. Okay, Still well you have to see on it. where we're where the flight is headed, north, south, east, or west for us in February of 2024. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's really it for now, huh? Yeah. Start entering the holidays here. We're gonna like we just talked about. We got some we got some travel and some pickleball, but really trying to focus on us. And uh, the Getting holidays each and every day. Well, and the holidays are always a fun time, but it also can be a stressful time as well. And you know, given our kids are starting to, um, you know, uh, leave the nest here, that's going to be a little bit of back and forth, I think, going with that as well. So, we'll, and the we'll, holidays might look a little different too as exactly. they get, as they get older. Yeah, so, yeah. we might have to reinvent ourselves, sweetie. Yeah. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Yeah, and we'll um, loop back in December and tell you how that tournament went and our vacation went what the 2024 plans look like yeah thanks for listening everybody yeah thanks